Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, I'm kind of fed up and I didn't really try to hide it. So me and Bilal broke down what's gone wrong so far with the Jets, how they can break out of this, and we previewed their game in Vegas because there's another game coming up. Because who doesn't love more Jets football? So we talked about the game coming up. We talked about what happened last week and what continues to happen with this team. Uh, can it get better? We hope. Will it get better? We're not as hopeful. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on In-Flight Snack. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus just by using the code B-L-E-A-V, that's BELIEVE. BetOnline, where the game starts. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline, and the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss with Powell, he's got the angle, he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines! Goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. That is Bilal Powell. And I don't want to talk about Monday night's game anymore. I don't want to talk about Zach Wilson anymore because it's the same thing over and over again. And it's become frustrating. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, okay, enough already, right? We get the point and there's not much to say anymore. I feel like the conversations I was listening back to some of the episode I did with Will Parkinson on Tuesday. And it's like some of the conversations we're having are the same conversations we had after the Dallas game, after the new England game, it's the same conversations again. And I just don't feel like doing this again. So today we're going to talk about how incredibly well RJ Barrett played at Madison square garden last night. No, I'm kidding. Um, Bilal, I don't know what you saw from Monday night, just quickly, because I know you weren't on the show on Tuesday. What was your takeaways, your biggest takeaway from Monday night? Uh, we see what type of team the New York Jets are if they don't win the turnover battle. And, you know, last week I told you, I said, it's going to it's gonna come down to them having a bad defense and how they can match up against our bad offense and then their good offense matching up against our good defense. Well, their bad defense destroyed our bad offense. And you saw it three turnovers back to back series. And then I talked about that third phase, the special teams being the difference and you saw a touchdown. Those are the type of things that get you beat, honestly. And when you don't win the turnover battle for the New York jets, it gets ugly. Because when you do win the turnover battle, you're still barely winning. So we're stuck to sit here and hope and pray that our defense every week wins the battle, the, the turnover battle, just to keep us in the game. And it just looked like from the start that everybody was rattled on the offensive side of the ball. You're still seeing drops from players that you need to be making catches. You're seeing how fast the defensive line of the opponent is getting in the backfield. 
You see how uncomfortable Zach is standing in the pocket. It's just all bad football on the offensive side of the ball for the New York Jets. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? You mentioned the punt return for the touchdown. It's I've seen this a thousand times. I've seen this game as a Jets fan for 20 years. I've seen this game a hundred times where there's hype. We build it up. Everyone's excited. It's usually not a primetime game, but we have a real opportunity. We were talking about the division last week, and it's so funny as the conversation's now shifted because they lose that game. Now, the only way they can make the playoffs might be the division, right? Because they, they put themselves in such a bad spot for the wild card, but we'll get into that as the season goes on. But they feel like this is an opportunity against a bad defense. The offense can finally break out. We know how good this defense is. You force a three and out to start the game. And then the offense comes on the field, looks lifeless. And then on a punt, it's returned for a touchdown. And immediately the air is taken out of the building. And I give credit to the fans because the fans stayed mostly till the end and we're going nuts. And we're still trying to urge this team back into it. And I've seen this so many times that every time this team has this opportunity in front of them and it's a franchise thing this is not a this team this has been for 20 years of my life they find a way to blow it and i don't know like do you feel that you've been a part of that like it's just so frustrating it is man and honestly i, I told you i said i wanted to i wanted to be a fly on the wall and hear what was being said for that week leading up to this big primetime game because some players just can't take the pressure it's, it's even at the professional level some guys can't take the pressure. Some guys aren't champions at heart. They're not. They can't take that pressure. So, you know, to to go on and highlight this game as a primetime game, that puts pressure on a lot of guys, especially Zach Wilson, because everybody's watching and everybody's watching and he already knows how he's performing. And it's almost in question for me right now with the way Zach Wilson is playing, the way he's playing your commander the guy you need to be that extra coach on the field the guy that you're considering leading your offense it makes you question how much say so Robert Sala has in benching Zach Wilson it, it makes you question that because you look at Mac Jones over in New England well we all know that Bill Belichick has say so we all know that so it almost makes you question okay we know it's not Robert right I, I I'm not saying I don't know I'm assuming because he's mentioned and hinted to us a couple times without telling us he wants to bench Zach. How much say so does he have? And and is it going to start creating a division between the head coach, the GM? Are we going to are we going to start to see that as we move on later in the season? Yeah, this is no longer a Zach Wilson problem. It's not his fault that he's bad at football. It's an organizational issue. Because you're putting a kid out there who can't play quarterback. So don't tell me, and you talk about the offensive line, and you talk about the confusion. All these things stem from the most important position on the field, the quarterback position. And they try and do everything. They tried to change the, the, the play calling. They tried to make it hurry up because that's what he was successful in a couple of weeks ago, right? In that two-minute offense. So they tried to make the whole game like that. And there's nothing that you can do to make this kid good. He stinks. And then you're putting all the autonomy in his hands and saying, you go call the plays at the line. You go recognize the coverage and the and where the blitz is coming from and who has to protect. And of course, that's no better than, you know, what was happening beforehand. It was only worse. And it exposed so many more things on their offense. And everyone looks frazzled and dazed and confused because he's the one running the show. And like you said, who's the one to blame? We saw it in San Francisco. They moved on from Trey Lance. This is a team that moved up, traded up a ton of assets to get Trey Lance, and they realized he's not it. We're not it. Two years in, they move on. Mac Jones, they figured out he's not it. So they've been, he's been benched for Bailey Zappi. Now he's back, but they're still trying to figure out. It's not blind, loyal faith to him. Like, like Will Parkinson said on last episode, Zach Wilson has the greatest job security in the NFL of any quarterback in the NFL. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who was just brought in by that team, right? By Vegas. And they benched him in year one of signing him to a free agent contract. I don't understand why this team is so stubborn. It's an arrogance and a stubbornness. And, and, and Robert Sala is afraid to criticize Zach Wilson. That's the big thing. He doesn't want to criticize him. He doesn't want to hurt his confidence. Well, what he said on the Michael K show on ESPN this week, on his weekly spot on Tuesday, day after a game, is worse than 
saying something negative about Zach Wilson in his press conference because he said all he needed to say without actually going ahead and saying it. He basically said, I don't want to start this kid. He went ahead and told you that. And like you said, where's that decision coming from? And that's an organizational dysfunction. So before we go forward, I just wanted to play this clip from Robert Sala on the Michael K show, courtesy of ESPN 98.7. Last year, he couldn't start over over Mike White. So I, I, uh, first of all, this, this shouldn't be litigated. Now, I never understood with a, a 39-year-old quarterback why a guy who couldn't start last year was the first line of defense if he went down. You've got Trevor Simeon uh, in your building. Why, why not give him a try? No, I got you. No, it's, uh, again, the fair question. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, he, he, I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just, uh, I've, I kind of explained it, you know, yeah. respectfully, obviously, but, mm-hmm. but it's a, va- they're valid questions, but, and I know, and I know from a, from a passionate fan, from, from fans who are passionate, all having the same questions, I respect it greatly. Um, you know, but it's, I, I've got to look at it from a global standpoint and, uh, and just see where we are and, uh, and look at the all 22 the best I can and, and make the decisions best as possible. So I like Robert, like that, that sounds like a guy who's being held hostage. Like he just sounds like, uh, I, you got me, you got me <laughs> like, and, and Michael K at the beginning makes such a great point where he's like, this was a kid who couldn't start over Mike White. We made this decision last year to move on from Zach. So why are we having this conversations again? I can't believe that this year, if you would have told me after we went out and got Aaron Rodgers, or you would have told me at the end of last season, after it was so clear and obvious that this kid wasn't it, that we're having this conversation again. How? Rami, I've, I've sat in a coach's office. And I remember 2013, I think through like week six or so, um, I was second leading rusher in the AFC behind Arian Foster. I was second leading rusher. And I remember sitting down in the coach's office and I, I won't say a name. <laughs> he said, you know, it's over my head. Um, they want to see this other guy that they brought in. They pay money. They, it's over his head. I'm not going to say it, but it's not so difficult to Google who the coach was when you were there with Arian yeah. Foster. Well, I'll say, you know, it was, it was, it was over, it was over his head at the time, and you know, the time the G, the GM wanted to see the guy that they brought in. Period. Like, and, and I was the number two AFC leading rusher through week six that year, and. um so I tell you to say this, I'm not, I don't know what's going on in that organization. Um, just like for many years, I was, I was like, man, why do you guys keep bringing the running backs to, you know, when I'm here, like, let's be honest. And they brought guys in year in, year out. And by the end of the season, they considered me to start a running back other than when they brought Chris Ivory in. So for Robert Sala to sit there and interview and have absolutely nothing to say, is him telling us, or I'm assuming him telling us that it's not me. It, it, it's someone else. So um, he's doing a good job of keeping everything in-house, which, you know, I, you have to respect. You have to keep things in-house. I think players as well, um, with the way things have been going, uh, especially with this thing being one-sided, the defense is the only positive thing that you're getting out of this season and the special teams, and you know, haven't heard anything, uh, get out. And uh, you just have to respect that. But I don't understand why this guy is not being benched. Like, not even just – I'm talking about during the game. Why is he not being – not saying we have a new starter next week, but the performance he's showing us, ever since we lived off this high of Kansas City game, has been absolutely nothing but horrible. It's It's been horrible. Like – you don't even you can't even consider yourself an NFL quarterback with the statistics he had. So I don't know what's going on on over there. Hopefully they get it right. Um, you know, I would hate to see them throw this season away because there's so much turnaround after the season, man. And who's to say that we're able to keep this defense together uh next year? You know what I mean? So it has to be something has to be done. 
Yeah, and the decision was made. That's the problem that I have with it is the decision was already made last year. This was the decision that we always talked about. And it was almost like Robert Sala, this was his defiance moment where like, he's like, guys, you know, I'm not an idiot. You know that I see it. If everyone else can see it, if fans can see it, I can see it, you can see it. Former players, I talked to Quincy about it going into the game, walking in. I'm like, how are you feeling tonight? It's like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's the same thing over and over again, you know, as we were well, walking why into asking, the stadium. Why are, they, why are they asking Robert Sala about Zach? Why not ask Joe Douglas? Well, first of all, you don't have access to Joe Douglas. They, like, he does you know, a press you know conference what I'm saying? once like, a year. I think, I think it's, let's try to see, can we somehow see what Joe is saying? But Joe, I mean, okay, but Joe came out last year and told you that Zach's not the kid by going out and trading for a veteran quarterback. And not only that, the owner did it too. The owner said the only piece we're missing is the quarterback. So who is the one in the building? Now, I would say, the, I would point at the owner because that's the one constant, right? You talked about the running back situation when you were there. Who is the one constant that's been there this whole time? It's the owner. He was there when you were there. He's there now. So it looks like it's the owner. I, I can't tell you for a fact. You know the owner personally. I don't. But... It, it, it's hard for me to think that as a boss, Woody Johnson is going to Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and saying, you have to start this kid because you drafted him second overall. Where at the same time, if you lose with this kid, your jobs are on the line. So I'm sure Robert at this point, when he says these comments is trying to be defiant. He's trying to say, yeah, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to go down. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down speaking my mind and telling you how I really feel. Like if I was Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and this was coming from above me and I know my job's on the line because the second straight year, this kid's screwing it up for everyone else. I'd go out there and say, no, I'm, I'm going to be defiant now. Wouldn't you do that? Um, there's a certain rule you have to stand by, man, because you got to understand opportunities in this league are very small. This is a small league. You're going to lose you, your job the last anyway. you, if you, you're going to go down with this you, kid. But or you, you gonna, have a better chance of keeping your mouth shut and getting another job. Let's be honest. That's not true because like, if you, know, you start winning, if you start winning, I promise you, Woody Johnson's not going to fire you because you were what winning are the ties games with Trevor Simeon. What are the ties? Look at the ties. What are the ties with Zach Wilson? I mean, I don't know the rumors, but you know. I won't speak on what I don't know factual, so we'll we'll just keep going. But I just, I mean, it's a it's very uncomfortable, man. Like you can see it in Robert's eyes, you can hear it in his voice that he's just as frustrated as the, as the fans are right now with Zach Wilson, but he doesn't want to put him on the front street. So to me, I don't know why, bro. It, it, you know, for years you you ask yourself this, you know, you almost ask yourself, why are you a Jets fan? And and there's been the same thing going on. You know, why did I stay in there for nine years? You just ask yourself why. But you just got to keep moving forward. And hopefully they can put it together because the way the defense is playing, bro, it's probably one of the best defenses you'll see in this league, honestly. And the fact that the offense hasn't figured it out yet is uh, very frustrating uh, as a former player to see guys work their tails off week in and week out. And, you know, we can't put something together, not only as a as a unit, but as a staff on the offensive side of the ball is – um. It's very frustrating, and uh, it's unfortunate for those guys, man. Yeah, and, and as far as you saying that, like, Robert's trying to protect Zach, that comment on ESPN tells me already that he is he's not giving showing confidence in Zach. Like, Zach must know, oh, this guy has zero confidence in me. Like, Zach's not an idiot. I think, actually, Zach's probably a good kid. He's probably a nice kid. It's unfortunate he's not good at football, but that's not his fault. Like, he shouldn't be in this position. You think Zach wants to go out there every week and suck? He knows he's not good. He's not stupid. I, you think he doesn't know? And when Robert Sala makes a well, comment... Well, then is like it that, the I'm scheme? Sure. Is it the scheme? No, because there was a well, different scheme it, last year. Is it the year. offensive scheme? Be Dude, there was a different I mean, you scheme still, last but year. But you're bringing guys in. Let's year. be honest. It's Every quarterback who played in this offense, well, whether it's Mike White, Chris in Lazar, Trevor, Joe Allen. Flacco, I know every single one we brought in other than Zach Allen Lazar and... We brought in Alan Zazard, and he's dropping balls. I mean, he, I, you know, it was all, you know, I thought he was going to be this guy that was going to help. And then it's frustrating because then you look at Garrett Wilson and everybody expects this guy to save the day. And it, and, and and the scheme of things is if you only got one guy that you, you have to worry about, it makes it that much harder for that guy out there, outside, if you don't have a guy complimenting you on the other side. So if you know you're throwing this ball to, to Alan Lazar, who's averaging two or three jobs a game, then you're forced as a defense to only 
to only lock in on Garrett Wilson? And then you're telling me that, okay, we know Zach Wilson is not going to beat us in the past. How frustrated are you think, do you think Garrett Wilson is right now? He's I'm one sure of the best receivers in the league if he had it. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane, you know? So you ask yourself, did you put the right players in the right system? Like, you know, it, it all goes back to, to putting the right players in the right system. Like, you can't put a circle, you can't put a square in a circle. Like, let's be honest. Like, so you, you question yourself. You brought, in, you brought in Dalvin Cook, who's not fitting the scheme. And we all see that. So that's another missed piece. Like, so, you know, outside of Zach Wilson, I get it. I understand. Second year, a third year, second, you know, offensive scheme. You almost ask, is it, is it the scheme? Like, you got to look at a whole bunch of different pieces. Like, because it's not just Zach Wilson. It's the entire thing, bro. I know, but he's been the one con- constant. And every other quarterback who's come into this building over the last three years has moved the ball better than him, has at least looked competent. And this, like... Oh, I'm not saying he's a good Mike White dealt... Mike White dealt with drops. Mike White dealt with bad, bad offensive line play. Same with Josh Johnson. Same with Joe Flacco. Same with Chris Strebler. And every single one of them showed better quarterback play than Zach Wilson. And you talk about bringing the guys in, Dalvin Cook, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. These are guys who were brought in by who? By Aaron Rodgers. And that's this is where the team is going to start to turn on Aaron Rodgers. Not just the team, but the fan base. And I talked about this earlier in the year, and I can't believe we're having this conversation again because I thought we moved forward from it. I thought the defense figured it out. and But this is what we talked about. The team is going to turn on him because if Rodgers is making the decisions and he's like, keep starting the kid because I want to come back and be the hero and let's just try and stay afloat so that I could come back and a few fortnights, like he said, which is six weeks, which lines up exactly with the 1228 that I told you he had on his watch that he released. I've had enough of him and he are not helping. Like I got to the point where first I'm sad. Like it is sad because I see so you the think there's Rodgers, a motive behind him saying coming back this year. 1000% them, them not going to get a, a, a big time quarterback. 1000%. You Minnesota, think is their their quarterback tailors their Achilles within a week. They trade for Josh Dobbs. Matthew Stafford goes down within a week. They go get Carson Carson Wentz, and the Jets silent. They get Trevor Simeon, who they can't even call up from the practice squad. Who, by the way, in his thirty career starts, is a much better quarterback than Zach Wilson in his thirty career starts. So he Absolutely. should be up for the practice Absolutely. squad. Absolutely. Yep. But who's the guy who's backing up Zach Wilson? Who's on the game day roster? Another guy who's Aaron Rodgers' buddy, right? So Lazard's dropping passes. Billy Turner is a turnstile. You have Randall Cobb out there doing nothing. I'm shocked they're able to give him a healthy scratch without Rogers say so, right? And <laughs> you, you have, so are we just catering to this guy? Like I saw, I was on the train and I got home at two o'clock in the morning because New Jersey transit fucking sucks. And they're, they're like, I can't stand this anymore. And I'm sorry for swearing, but the, like, I was so irrationally upset that I saw a guy in an Aaron Rodgers jersey and I literally wanted to push him onto the train tracks. Like I was mad at the guy wearing the Aaron Rodgers jersey. I was like, it was irrational. First, I was sad. I was just like, first I was, well, no, first I was angry. And then I was sad. Like how this was supposed to be different. This was supposed to be different this year. We were supposed to have Rodgers. It was supposed to be different. And if you were failing with Rodgers, I could at least say, okay, we went out, we made the move. It's, we, we got it wrong. But I can't believe a year later we're having. I was looking back at my Instagram, my podcast from last year, and I'm talking about how if Zach Wilson can't start again, everyone needs to be fired. And I'm having the same conversations a year later. How we moved on? We made this decision. It's it's mind numbing. Well, I tell you this. Um... New York hasn't been in this situation since Brick Favre, since we had like a big time like Hall of Fame quarterback come in. And I told you about this earlier, early on when we first started recording, when we first started our co-hosting together, I told you there are certain quarterbacks in the league that have say so. There are mm-hmm. certain quarterbacks, certain quarterbacks. And I told you early on, yep. you, we know he has say so you be, because you saw who he bought in. He brought, he brought those guys in. And then not only did they do that, they brought the guy that he has somewhat of a history with calling the plays. Oh, he has yeah, say-so, man. Yep. He has say-so. So now, you know, as an organization, you have to make that decision. Uh, you have to make a big decision 
Uh, but they did sign him to two years, a two-year deal, right? I think it's two-year mm-hmm. deal, right? Yep. Um, guaranteed a lot of money. So now you're like stuck with this guy making these decisions to where like, okay, Joe Douglas, the blind hope do you that think they're going to keep you? Come back next year, yeah. Do you think they're going to keep you over Aaron Rodgers next year? Like if something just, Rob Asalev, do you think they're going to keep you? Like these are the type of things that I, I didn't, I don't think, you know, Jet fans are used to when you talk about a guy coming in, having that much control, right? We talk about, you know, we, we kind of, I kind of related to the NBA when you talk about all these superstars, these guys who they, they want to build these, this, this big team, this mega team and partner up and go win an NBA title. That's what the NFL is slowly trying to become. Yeah. He's Aaron like, fucking James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it, and and now you're starting to see it uh because you 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 solely put all your eggs in one basket and it was just like no plan b like it's like once plan a was gone plan b has been like non-existent like and that's plan also b an was you said, uh, 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 it, plan b once the injury happened once we knew it was a a season ending injury go get a quarterback that should yeah. have been that should have been the number one thing, but you but know he's like still talking said, like, oh, it's not season ending. It is season yeah, ending. It, it is, man. Like, I'm sorry, he's not gonna come back from an Achilles. He's not. You know. Well, well now they're not he's, even gonna be in not. a position for him to come back. Like, what? He's why would he come back, back if they're, if they're not winning? Yeah. yeah, like if they're not winning, like why would you come back? So then all this, you talk about, well, you know, going into the offseason and we'll see how it goes then. Like, and then you see the Devontae Adams being in talks. Well, you ask yourself, who was that? You know what I mean? He probably like, no, dude, don't don't come over here just yet. Let's wait till the offseason when I'm back. Like, it's so many different things that can go into it, man. Um, you know, that's 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 outside of just the, you know, football world, bro. Like, so many things behind closed doors that you don't know. It's a business, bro. And honestly, it's a business where uh, relationships matter. So, you know, I don't know what relationship is what in the building um, or what's going on behind, behind closed doors. It just makes you wonder, you know, just looking outside in, you, you, you know, you have to only have assumptions, you know what I mean? And they're doing a good job of keeping it in-house. Yeah, and with Rodgers, it's it's ridiculous because I, James Harden, I mentioned, was one of my favorite athletes, and maybe it says something about me. Aaron Rodgers is always one of my favorite quarterbacks, but I always knew that I didn't want James Harden to come to my team because I know how his personality was. I'm happy. Like, when in trade rumors just now, I'm like, don't come to the Knicks. Just don't come to the Knicks. And then with Rodgers, though, like, I was so happy when he came here because – the end of the day, football is different. And even with, you know, his threats to the front office in Green Bay for all those years and all the different cryptic things that he's done, at the end of the day, his greatness on the field trumps all of it. And I am now watching this and how it's unfolded. And he's going to cost us a great GM and a great head coach. I, I want Not great, but really good. Like, Salah has been a really good head coach, in my opinion, with everything aside from Zach Wilson. Joe Douglas has been a really good GM with almost everything. He's made some mistakes, but every good GM makes some mistakes with everything outside of Zach Wilson. And you're going to, you're going to get those guys fired by forcing your decisions on everyone else. And then you're going to cause the team to fray because the team's going to turn on you. And you really think next year you're going to come in here and solve it with a broken locker room and players leaving and a new coach and a new system and a new, new GM that you probably handpicked. It's just the same thing. It's a guy at the end of his career trying to milk it and just wants to be in the in you know in the limelight again. And it's just so incredibly frustrating. I can't believe that I'm turning on this guy, but it's it is what it is. Like, how could you not turn on this guy? I don't know. We don't owe you anything. Like we talked about, we don't owe Aaron Rodgers shit. He he he. Yeah, but man, you have to understand the league, man. It's it's. uh, the league is how, how can I say this? Um, there are certain players that their name is just put on a certain tier in the league, and that's that's every position, and that's I all know, around. You haven't the league. done anything for us. Yeah, but he's still Aaron Rodgers to the league. Let's be honest; he's still Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Like, and you know that comes with a lot. Honestly, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to have. Uh, more opportunity, better opportunity than the next guy, you know, um, un- unless he's rolling out on a wheelchair, you know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I never seen, you know, if, if this was any other quarterback, 
in the league, I don't even think you continue talking about a guy that's injured. Like, you this is at, just because it's Aaron Rodgers and now he knows, hey, the way my name can stay in the media is to give the fans hope or, you know, he's hurting different the things. Man. He's hurting Zach Wilson. Look at look at Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is posting videos. His wife is posting videos of him at home playing catch with his kids. Like, that's his recovery. And Josh Dobbs comes in. And by the way, Minnesota loves, the team loves Kirk Cousins, right? This is a team that loves Kirk Cousins. But when Josh Dobbs comes in and wins a game for them, they love Josh Dobbs. Because mm-hmm. you have to move on at some point. So you don't think this team would rally the fuck around Trevor Simeon if he came in here and started throwing some touchdowns? But no, they are not allowed to do that because they're looking over their shoulders at Aaron Rodgers, making it about himself, talking to Cobb, <laughs> to Cobby, and tossing little passes on well, the sideline. You're funny, <laughs> you funny, dude. I'm just frustrated. I know it, man. You know, it's the life of being a, a New York Jets fan, man, and you yeah, know, you're seeing it now. You watched it right. and I played in it. <laughs> I know. I know. So Dude, I need a break. Uh, let's let's it's a love hate thing though, right? Yeah. <laughs> My God. All right. Let's take a break. We'll talk about they still there's still a game coming up this week. I like I no can't way. believe it's Thursday already, and we have to talk about another freaking game. Um oh, all right, let's take goodness. a quick break and we'll come back in a minute with uh with with the game preview. All right, coming back, and we were just talking about this in the break. It feels like the team's falling apart again. This is another thing we talked about, and it's it is the second thing because last year the team kind of fell apart, and they were kind of saved because Mike White came in, and so they rallied around him. But it feels like, Robert, if you lose the locker room this time, you're going to lose it for good. And not only that, Ro- Rogers is going to lose the team. Like we talked about, he's going to the guys are just going to be upset of him. You saw Garrett Wilson's comments in the media after the game. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like you're asking Garrett Wilson, who's unbelievable and was open on almost every play. Like I'm watching the game. I had a great view of it sitting in basically the all 22 view, first row of the second deck kind of behind the end zone. And I see perfect. And I'm like, this guy is open every single time. And Zach Wilson just hesitates, you know, and you're going to lose the room that way. It's just basic human nature. And, Quinn Williams now, you're pitting him. Troy Aikman's pitting him against the, the media and against the, everyone. Oh, you only have a half a sack. And, you know, the comment came off weird. Sacks are very overrated. Sacks are very overrated. Quinn Williams is grading as one of the top defensive tackles in the league. Him and Dexter Lawrence on the Giants are the two top defensive tackles in the league. And I'm watching the game. And there were plays when they were rushing three and they got a sack because two guys are coming off the edge, Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff. And Quinlan Williams is shoving three guys into Justin Herbert's lap. Like, Quinlan Williams has been special this year. But this is what starts to happen when teams start losing and you realize there's the main position that you can't rely on. You start to fall apart. Same thing with the with the penalties. There are so many penalties and mental mistakes and miscues in this game. It's because there's no accountability at the number one position. And it sucks that we're doing this again. Yeah. And um, I, I'll say this. Um, <clears throat> what Troy said about Quinnen. I highly doubt he said said that. We had him on the episode, and he understood that he was going. He was, he was about to be double teamed. Um, you know, like you said, he's graded out as one of the highest defensive tackles in the league. Sacks are overrated, especially interior guys. I like to see the tackles for loss. I like to see the pressures. Those are the most important things. And and when you're a guy like Quentin Williams, you do give your teammates other opportunities. And when you're a guy like Quentin Williams and you sit in on an interview and you said, you're not worried about stats, you're worried about winning. Exactly. I don't think you say those, you don't say those things, man. I I just can't see him saying that. Um, I don't think that was a, you know, that probably was a in the moment type of thing. Didn't think it was going to, you know, get back to Quentin type of thing. You know, Troy just being live and being an analyst, but I just don't see that. And he's creating a problem, man. And he's creating opportunity for guys around him. That is a teammate. That is a dog because yep. I've been part of teams where defense alignment, you build such a great defense alignment, some guys get jealous of being the guy that's stunting and picking and creating opportunities for other guys, and they're the ones that's, that's getting the stats. I've been a part of that. I've, I've seen that, you know, and I don't see that from Quinn. I, I, yeah. You know, they they didn't pay him for they, – they paid him for a reason. Not not – we know what he did last year, statistics, why he got paid, but I think he's a better human than he is a football player. So, you know, I think continue doing what you're doing, man. And uh, that's, that's a, that's a linebacker's dream when you have a defensive tackle like Quentin Williams. And 
this is a guy who is so selfless like you talked about and it's not 1985 we have advanced stats troy you know we have stats that show you exactly what this guy does and what he's capable of and how good he is and like you said quinn came on this show and said i don't care about the stats it doesn't matter to me i just want to win and i want the rest of the defense to be successful so he doesn't even care about the glory stuff but if you want to look at the stats and the advanced metrics he's still one of the best in the league and i'm watching it and i didn't say look on TV earlier this year, I, I also sometimes hard to see his impact. I get it. But if you're at the game and you're watching him on every play, which I try to do on defense, I try to take turns because DJ Reed, I want to watch him. He's grading as the top corner in the league so far this year, which is unbelievable. His Him and coverage is insane. We talk so much about Sauce. DJ's been as good as Sauce, and he's actually been playing better so far this year. A great contract by, by you know Joe Douglas. Quinnen's been as good as anyone, and he's only, you know, he's getting older. CJ has been a top three linebacker in the league this year. He's grading better than Quincy Williams, who we've talked so much about, and he's not getting any younger. And you, we talked about this, this team, this is the window. This is the opportunity. And you're wasting what feels like a window right now on this team falling apart and falling at the seams because guys not being on the same page. And whether it's Rodgers, whether it's the owner, whether it's the, the GM, whether it's the head coach, they have to find a way to get it together over the next few weeks. And I think it starts by making a change at the most important position. Um, we've talked enough about it. They have a game this week. They're playing the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Um, there won't be any partying in Vegas. We won't have to worry about that because you hear about this with F1 there. Um, people are mad because the, the, the track is the, um, the track is the strip. And so people are mad about it. So all the workers are on strike. So like all the, employees at the hotels and the restaurants so there's no servers now did you hear about this no i didn't hear about that that's insane that's a lot of money that's about to be missing in vegas yeah people in vegas are really mad it's so funny um brandon tierney bt who works uh on the on the radio that i work at at wfan he uh he arranges trips to vegas and a lot of a lot of jets fans are arranging trips to vegas i actually wanted to bring jake asman on the show he did something really nice where he's sending a fan uh, to the game in Vegas. A guy was supposed to go on the trip and got laid off and him and a bunch of Jets fans came together. It was a really cool story because um, it's just cool to see Jets fans. Like It really is a brotherhood and a family with all the Jets fans and they they saw this guy couldn't make it in and they're all decided to pitch in and send him, uh, obviously with Jake arranging it, to Vegas for the game. And it's really cool. But it's a destination game where a lot of fans feel like, hey, let's go to Vegas. It's a good opportunity for a trip and God knows we probably won't be there in February. Although you, you and Quincy have your tickets still, I hope. But um, yeah, I got my ticket. I still, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'll go anyway. It's gonna be freezing anyway. Dude, I'd time. love to go to the Super Bowl. I've never been. I've never been to the Super Bowl. I've never been to Super Bowl week either. Even when it was in New York, I wasn't here. And like, I, I, I really want to go to Super. Oh, Bowl. That was a fun time in New York because it wasn't even cold. It was like yeah. it didn't start snowing until like the next day, and then that's when everybody. But, well, had, like, that night we saw. Peyton freezing his ass off. He can make jokes about the Jets all day, but that guy can't play in the cold. He saw him freezing his ass off. He lost 43 <laughs> to 8. Shut the fuck up, Peyton Manning. He saw what oh he said at the CMAs last night. He's like, he's like, the difference between the Jets and Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift can sell out their stadium. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, oh shut God. up. Apparently you weren't there Monday night. And by the way, we beat your ass in the playoffs too. So <laughs> shut up. Um, anyway, like the worst thing Peyton Manning ever did for the Jets was that he got them to hire Adam Gase. So Peyton can go suck yeah. it. Um, yeah, that's I, I've been on one today. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I can tell, dude. <laughs> I, dude it's all I'm, good though, man. That that Monday night primetime game. It, it I was there. I got home at two after two a.m. I'm allowed to be mad. Yeah. You know, I tried to I tried to keep it together and stay <laughs> professional. We had a guest on, on on Tuesday, but today it's me and you, buddy. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this, yeah, is, this is how it I'm is. Not, I'm not hiding this anything is. anymore. Um, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and pull it together though. <laughs> So there's not going to be any partying, I guess. And all these people who plan these trips, like the Vegas trip is going to suck if you can't get any food and any drinks and the clubs are going to be closed and all these things. So uh, hopefully I think the traffic is going to be crazy if they shut down the strip. Like people trying to like navigate detour. It's going to be crazy in Vegas. This is the worst time to go to Vegas. I mean, the Super Bowl is also going to be packed. Vegas isn't big. You know what I mean? It's not a big place. So I can't imagine. It's just just everybody's trying to get to one area. I know, but it's it always feels in that packed. area. It, you always feel like when you're in Vegas, have you, you've been, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I go a lot. It always feels packed. Five times a you know? year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it feels packed no matter what. 
So I'm saying yeah. when you have the Super Bowl there and every hotel is going to be full and every single person is going to be on this, like it's going to feel even more packed. Like I don't even know how, I don't think like New Orleans is huge. New York City, there's so many different places to go. Vegas, there's one little strip and that's it. And like, I don't know. I feel like the Super Bowl there might end up being chaos, but whatever. What do yeah. I know? Well, you got a North, you got Northern, like downtown. You have all that stuff too as well. That's true. And you got the strip. And then I know, I, but nobody, there's little pockets outside of the city the, that, right. you know, I'm sure that's going to like, you know, Blow yeah, those are the, the places that are going to make money because they're going to be yeah. like, hey, usually no one stays at these hotels, but you can't get a hotel yeah. room on the strip. Like I looked a year yeah. ago, not a year ago, but like um, I think I looked last February, like almost a year out from the Super Bowl and I couldn't find, and the hotels weren't offering those weeks. None of the main big hotels were offering well, those they, weeks. Because a lot of the companies come in, buy these Right, so I know CBS up. is staying at Wynn. I yeah. know that. So they I buy these lights up. You know. and, then, and then the little motel, you know, they got a refrigerator in it and no soap. You know, usually $20 a night is going to be like 700 <laughs> Yeah, so if Bring you stay, your yeah, and pillow. <laughs> exactly. Airbnbs, you know, you're gonna be sleeping on a bunk bed with another guy that you don't know. You know, yeah, it's gonna be like nine thousand dollars a night. Anyway, um, so the Jets are gonna be in Vegas this week. So that's that's our long way of saying the Jets. And by the way, the Jets coming off of their worst game of the year and their worst game in a while uh, since I would say the Patriots game last year, I thought this was worse than the Patriots game from earlier this year. Cause at least that there was, you know, the Patriots defense, Bill Belichick, there was like the rain and, and all that stuff. This, there was nothing like the jets were set up to have an incredible day on offense. And that's why I had confidence going into the game. Um, but the jets, uh, screwed it up. They're favored for only the second time this season. The jets are favored by minus one. Um, so it's crazy. We talk about the Jets have been favored. What now? This is eight times in the last 68 games. So they're barely ever favored, but this is another time that the Jets are favored. Um, and by the way, the, the Super Bowl would be in New York every year if we put a dome on the stadium. Like, I don't know whoever decided to make this thing. It's such a bad stadium. Like it yeah. MetLife sucks. It's impossible to get in and out of like getting out on the on the train, like on the line to get to the New Jersey transit sucked also. Either way, the Jets are minus one. I'm I'm rambling. Um, the Raiders, did you see them smoking cigars after beating the like the Giants? They beat freaking Tommy DeVito and they were smoking cigars afterwards. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, Vegas life is wearing, you know, it's pretty much, it's contagious the out room, there, they're, man. They're smoking cigars for winning one game? Yeah. One game? I mean, I think, I, but I think that was because of the coach situation. Yeah, I get it. And you know, that probably was one of those things. The first, you know, and, and that's interesting. That's interesting, too. Um, you know, usually an intern like I, I wonder how they it. how to wonder how they get that how to how they do that. You know, is it is it like the GM going to the players like, hey, who do you want to be the? Yeah, but it's or, always they they always play for they always play for these guys. This is has, this is what happens. I think it's like sixteen and nine now that a team that fires the coach in season that first week they win. I mean, even Jeff mm. Saturday got Jeff Saturday is a terrible football coach and he's still off, off of the TV state, you know, studio. He got them to, to play hard and win a game against the Raiders last year. But it's mm. that second week where reality starts to set in and your practice habits change and all these things you realize, uh Oh, this isn't a real NFL head coach. Like I'm sure he's a good dude, but he's better than Jeff Saturday. But I think Aiden O'Connell didn't do anything. Although the they're going to have the same um, game plan that every team has had against the Jets. Even the Chargers with Justin Herbert had the game plan of, hey, just don't mess up. Don't let this defense, don't allow this defense to make a play. So that's going to be the well, strategy. 50% for on third down too, which is you don't want to see that oh, from a defensive standpoint. Like he, And I told you, I, I felt like that matchup with Eckler. Keenan. Keenan too. He, he played good football, man. Keenan's so good. He, he's really good. I, it's just I, like I told you, it just came down. How good can our defense play against their offense? Because you talk about a copy. So you talk about a copycat league. You saw it in the game. Keenan was lining up in the slot, and they were just running that simple where he's between two receivers, and they push two receivers up, and he just runs an out route front, to, you know, to the opposite hash, and that's how they were getting first downs. The Jets started running it with Garrett on the other side. It actually worked a couple of times when the when the throw was on time and on target. Unfortunately, that rarely ever happened with Zach. But like in game, you saw the copycat. Like, oh, you can do that with Keenan. We'll do that with Garrett. And I think Garrett's that special of a receiver that he's like a Keenan Allen, you know. Yeah. But it's unfortunate. 
The other big factor in this game is going to be the Vegas D-line against Zach Wilson. We know Max Crosby. If Zach's going to hold on to the ball so long, again, he's hurting his offensive line. Like Everyone keeps saying this. Quarterbacks can help their offensive line more than you think. Not only pre-snap, recognizing where the pressure is coming from, which he doesn't, but also knowing, having that internal clock, and he doesn't seem to have that internal clock anymore. Um, so what are some of your X factors for this game? Um, I think coming off a Monday night game, going out to Vegas, you know, you got to travel on an early day. You tra- usually travel on Fridays. So I, I think travel is going to be a big it's not part. Till Sunday night. Does that change it? The game's not Yeah, you're still night? going out. You're still going out on Fridays. Okay. You know what I mean? Just to get, you know, uh, just to get adjusted to the time zone yeah. and acclimated to the time zone. So my biggest thing is, you know, obviously having a late game on Monday. You know, coming in, trying to get recovered from a long, beat-up game. You know, trying to, trying to, trying to put in a game plan and then get out to a practice or like a walk-through practice. I mean, there's so many things that like, you know, go into play with that. And not on top of that, you're losing a day with travel. You know, you'll come out for a light practice on Friday, and then travel. So, you know, I think the traveling to be a factor in just game plan, which you know, obviously, I don't think is helping any on offense, but also. I just I just don't think that Zach Wilson is gonna play well on the road. I mean, we I mean he's been at home and he hasn't shown us anything. He's he's had what three, four home games in a row now. Yeah. Uh, even considering the Giants game, just being back yep. home, uh him traveling, going in a way, I think that's gonna be a big factor for him, just not being able to to play in a in a hostile environment because those Raider fans are crazy. Um they're went they're you know, they're they're Right there in, in the in the race for this thing, like I just I just see the the away game being a factor for Zach Wilson. Uh, I just don't think he goes out there and play well on the road. I'm gonna say the opposite. I think maybe there's a better chance. You know, everything with him is so mental. I think there's a chance that he get going on the road and getting away from it a little bit and not having to hear the New Yorkers and hear the fans. Although there's gonna be a lot of New Yorkers out there, like we talked about, maybe just kind of getting away from the noise a little bit will help him. Um, do you think that that's possible? I mean, I would like to see that at home, you know, when it's quiet. Of course you'd you like know, to, you, but we know what yeah. this kid is. I mean, he, he lacks communication. He lacks, and that's, those are the things that you face when you go on the road. You, you're forced to communicate. You're forced to have hand signals. Like how well is he going to communicate to his guys on the outside or put his line in the right position or, you know, on we top know. of getting the snap the count out. So all these things play a factor, you know, him trying to get guys lined up and him trying to make the motion and the shifts and the audibles and, you know, the hand signals on getting on the same page. All that is going to make the difference. And playing in a dome, we all know it's a lot louder when you're in the dome. That that, that noise is just going to sit on top of you. And I, I just I just think he gets rattled, especially with, the like you said, that defensive line, him holding on to the football I don't think it's going to be good for uh, Zach Wilson in this away game coming up, man. And I don't think the Raiders are better than the Chargers, but I do think that coming off of that loss, the travel, the short week, guys trying to get back healthy, still not being healthy, right? We've struggled with injuries all year, so no telling what the, the training room looked like on Tuesday. On top of trying to get clear out that loss and then get into a new opponent like that's a that's a that's a lot going on um especially i think for Zach i i, I would like to see the dude do well I, but he just hasn't shown me anything this year i have one more x factor for you um Xavier Gibson looks lost in the punt return game seeing it in person that dude looks you. every i you've been saying it all year every single you, punt looks like he's nervous he's unsure I, the team must see it. They have to put someone else back there because this is going to end up costing them. It's going to cost them at some point. And, and, and that too, man, like, you know, you lose... Uh, Mikol. Uh, and, and Braxton Berrios, who was explosive yeah. in a return game. Like, yeah. that makes all the difference, man. Like, that helps... Imagine two guys we lost to Miami, Braxton Berrios and Mike White, if they were here, how different it would be. Oh, man. Uh, absolutely. I think it'll be a lot. And I think Braxton will actually help us on offense. Yeah, I think he would help us. Yes, I think he would help us on offense, let alone the return game. But I, I, you know, Xavier Gibson was kind of like that Zach Wilson uh, week, (laughs) 
when we saw it, you know, obviously, you know, you cheer for a guy like Xavier Gibson for coming in undrafted, working your tail off. And he made and a nice play to- on, on, on a route, actually, where he came back to get a ball that probably would have been picked if he doesn't come back and get it from Zach Wilson. So, like, in the receiving game, he's been fine. I'd like to see Jason Brownlee. They didn't even play him. Yeah, they, yeah, absolutely. And just with a game, Xavier Gibson, man, I think that one return against Buffalo is just like, oh, this is that He's guy. But man, just that, when yeah. weeks on after that, it's just been coasting and and coasting. And I just didn't see a guy that's explosive in the return game. And um, you know, obviously they, you know, McCall Harmon. That's another question. Like, what went on with that? Why why were you so quick to give a guy away when you didn't even give him the opportunity? But yet you have Zach Wilson still starting uh, every week. But um, I don't know, man. I just I just don't think that this is a coming off of that loss and then heading out to Vegas playing Sunday night. You said Sunday night, right? Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night football again yeah. in prime time. Prime time. Uh oh. We'll <laughs> yeah. see. So what's your prediction? Uh, I do not think that the Raiders will have an explosive offense. I don't think they score a lot of points on our defense, but I just don't see our, our offense getting going. And I know we're favored by one, which is, you know, surprising coming off of, you know, a, a Raiders win and then a, a Jets loss. I, I'm going to have to go 17-13 Raiders. Who? Raiders? Okay, Raiders. so you're picking... I pick it th- you're I pick picking the Raiders. Raiders. And it's the first, first week I've picked an opponent. Yeah, and but... I mean, you've seen I have to. I have to be offense. honest with myself. I have to, you know, you see take the, the bias out. Um, I see the Jets scoring one touchdown. touchdown right? Yeah, so I see them have? scoring a possible touchdown. Um, quite. I'm gonna have to go at uh, Lazard. I think Allen to get one in. Make up for last week. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll get one in. All right, my prediction, I'm going to take the Jets to win because I'm a Jets fan and I know how this works. This oh is what my they goodness. do. They reel us back in. They pull you back in. They'll win this game. They'll do just enough. The defense is going to be great. I have 16 to 10 Jets. We both have the under. The over-under is like 36 and a half. We both go way under on that. So Jets minus one and under 36 and a half. Um, and the reason why I think the Jets will win is because I think their defense will dominate Aiden O'Connell. Um, I don't think he's a very good quarterback. I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's pretty much a fact. He's not worse than Zach Wilson. I take him over Zach Wilson. Um, But I think, uh, let's say, Tyler Conklin gets in the end zone for the Jets. They score one touchdown. They kick a couple of field goals, a couple of long field goals. And that's enough to do it. Three field goals and a touchdown gets you to 16. And this defense always somehow manages to give up a touchdown. So I see uh, the Raiders getting 10 points. You know, they'll probably score off a turnover or something um, where they have a short field and they'll score another field goal off a turnover with a short field because Zach Wilson thinks that fumbling is better than throwing interceptions. Anyway, so that's my, and, and my point is they'll pull you back in the Jets just to let you down again so that Zach starts again against Buffalo the following week and gets his ass kicked in Buffalo the following week. That's what they do. All right. Um, if, unless you got anything else, that's going to do it for us. I feel like we have to stop this already. It's enough. Yeah, let's do it. Ne- Until next time. Yeah, let's go, Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.